1: Tired men you will find in the UK at the moment. I'm talking, of course, about myself and Garth. How are you, my friend?
0: Great, man. Yeah, Good show, but I'm absolutely knackered.
1: <laughs> yeah, I said to you, um, I didn't realise it started at 1. I thought it started at 12. But of course, that was the pre-show. Um, so the slightly later time of 1 o'clock in the morning in the UK, which, thanks for that, WWE, um, <laughs> It's it, even so... You know, we bitch and moan about the start times, but when you've got a show that was as good as NXT TakeOver New Orleans actually was, you know, and I've looked at Twitter all day, and I've just seen it echoed by absolutely everyone. Good luck topping that mania. Yeah. And I think so that is just, the sentiment from mania, everyone.
0: Ev- like, not just mania, like, everybody? Yeah.
1: there was, There is not a match on this card. For me, if I was Dave Meltzer, I'm not, obviously. But... <laughs> For me, there is not, not a match on this card that was below four stars. No, definitely not. And when I say, and obviously we'll get into the card in a moment, because this is our review for NXT Takeover New Orleans. I think when I say the worst match, that is, you know, it. No, none of these matches are bad at all. The least,
0: all. the least amazing match.
1: The least <laughs> amazing match, exactly. And you know, some of these matches were absolutely. Astonishingly good. Yeah. I mean, the two final matches, just as a start, were absolutely amazing. Um, just, the Alistair Black and Andrade the Almost match was absolutely mind blowing. But then to follow that up with Gargano and Champa, and the match they put on—nearly forty minutes—that match was was unbelievable. Yeah. But, amazing. I mean. I think we should delve straight in, Garth, because do it. I imagine listeners, similar to me and you, want to get ready for the big event of today, which, <laughs> you know, is something you might have heard of, something called WrestleMania, um, <laughs> but obviously that starts at 10 o'clock here in the UK at night and finishes at 5, so thank you for the seven-hour show, WWE. Anyway, <laughs> so we started with the ladder match for the inaugural NXT North American Championship, and that was contested between the Velveteen Dream ricochet adam cole ec3 killian dane and lars sullivan and before we start anything can we talk about velveteen dreams tights i've got those i've got that in my notes i've
0: put velveteen dream and i've just put a is he um rick rude in disguise
1: yeah he is he is oh my god those tights are incredible for those who haven't seen it he's got the same sort of spray to the spray-painted sort of theme he's got in the last couple of takeovers. He's got the faces of everyone in the (laughs) match at different points, and then he's got a big, like, New Orleans Saints badge on his arse. And it just... They look incredible. Uh, Not until sure about the cornrows he had going on, but there you go. They look like sort of bobbleheads. They did, and they all had, like, those anime black eyes as well. It was quite strange, but they were (laughs) incredible. Um... Ricochet, who came out last, absolutely deafening reception.
0: Yeah.
1: Unbelievable. And if I'm being perfectly honest...
0: EC3 got a really good... He did, and he was the first theme tune. And he looked absolutely just like a star, like an absolute superstar as well.
1: I will say now that... Um, EC3 has muscles where I didn't realise you'd got <laughs> muscles. He was bulging in places. I didn't realise it was acceptable to bulge. Oh, it horrible. was ridiculous. And then if you look at Ricochet's body as well, there's not a yeah. scrap of fat on him. And then I look at my own dilapidated body and just go, yeah. for fuck's Killian sake. Killian Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But even Killian Dane's in better physical shape than I am. Um, but honestly, the, the response to Ricochet was absolutely insane deafening um his music, his music was class as well his music is brilliant his entrance just everything that they've packaged Ricochet. and i'm so glad that they've kept ricochet as ricochet yeah um because he's already he already comes with such a presence everyone knows about ricochet you know you've only got to talk to a wrestling fan and you've got the conversation of the match between ricochet and will osprey you mm-hmm. know he is so talented and we'll talk about we'll talk about this match, but I'll be perfectly honest, it's not gonna be a review, it's literally just going to be us giving spots because <laughs> that's what this was. This ladder match, this half an hour opener, was spot after spot after spot after spot. We're not even gonna give them two in order because we can't do it justice. No, you I- have to go and watch this car crash of a match.
0: I was um sort of <clears throat> so watching the match but at the same time sort of talking to people uh, on social media or tw- like sort of tweeting and stuff and there was a group that I was like talking in and I'd said after the, after that match um if this isn't put in the top 5 greatest ever ladder matches there's something wrong with the way people watch wrestling now oh god absolutely because it's like and if it, and if Meltzer doesn't give it at least four and a half stars, he's, a, he's an idiot.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I will say, to start off with, especially the Velveteen Dream, seemed to have a lot of trouble setting up the ladders. There was oh, a yeah. <laughs> spot where he was clearly trying to set up a ladder in the, in the corner of the ring, but could he not get it to stand up on because he kept catching on the bottom rope.
0: <laughs> so Ricochet, Ricochet just, had to help Ricochet. him. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which sort of took the magic away, but you know, ladders are unpredictable beasts.
0: It, it was as if he sort of said, oh, just Move out the way, I'll do
1: it. Yeah, just seriously, God, you noob.
0: Um, to, to start off though, I mean, all of the like, all of the people were standing in the ring, and the crowd started shouting, "This is awesome!" And I just thought, oh, "Fuck off."
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> Let it start.
1: Yeah, I mean, when a pay per view hasn't even started in shouting, "This is awesome," yes, we appreciate that it's awesome, and the crowd, you get a hundred percent of the marks for your reception for Tomasa Champa later on. Because the chants you gave him were absolutely impeccable. But Mm -hmm. when you're chanting, this is awesome. Nothing's happened. It could have been a shit match. Yeah. You know, it could have been awful. But you chanting that doesn't help anything. It doesn't make the wrestlers feel anything because they haven't performed yet. By all means, after one of the spots, after any of the spots that we're going to talk about, chant it.
0: Feel free because they deserve it. To be fair, like (laughs) about two or three minutes after that. Ricochet did that bloody shooting star Oh, the springboard
1: press shooting star press. Outside, yeah. It was and at that, that point that I realised they haven't changed a thing about Ricochet. Thank yeah. Christ. Um, because, Brilliant. you know, there's a bit where he's being knocked off a ladder by <laughs> Lars Sullivan. And rather than trying to stop the ladder falling, he does a moonsault off it onto the outside that, and takes out Killian Dane, amazing. and Adam Cole. It's incredible,
0: amazing, yeah.
1: Um, so, just we're literally going to list some of the spots because <laughs> to actually go through what happened in this match will just take us. We'll still be. It'll be like Hillbilly Jim's induction speech into the Hall of Fame. It'll still be yeah. going next week. So, um, so just to start with, um, we got Velveteen Dream performing Purple Rainmakers on everyone before taking to the top of a ladder and hitting Lars Sullivan with one, which looked really painful. My favourite spot of the entire show and absolute props to the Velveteen Dream for this. Because for a lot of the match, I noticed that he wasn't in it because he got busted open by... uh, I think it was Lars Sullivan as he ran into (laughs) him with the ladder. Um, But they set up a ladder in the middle of the ring, and then set up another ladder as a bridge between that ladder and (laughs) the turnbuckle. So, Velveteen Dream has got Ricochet on his shoulders whilst balancing on this ladder, and performs a somersaulting Death Valley driver. (laughs) And honestly, I'm on my own. It's half past one in the morning, and I'm marking out massively. It's the most... Bafflingly good spot I've ever seen it was incredible
0: there was a bit where he um, his leg fell through the ladder and I thought I thought that was a spot I thought they were going to do something yeah but it was just basically because it was so hard to sort of balance on it so. when you consider that he is
1: fact, like I don't know when he was part of um, Tough Enough but when you consider he's come from that background to performing these spots he's a star he really yeah, really definitely. is and I know that they're going to bungle him on the main roster I know that but even so, I really, really hope he has good things waiting for him. There,
0: there was some, uh, there was some, some like funny spots in the match. I mean, the fact the ref was helping them out with the ladders. <laughs> yes, that's
1: true. Push them into yes. the ring.
0: I, was, I had to rewind it, and I was like, "Did the ref just push that in?" There?
1: <laughs> one thing I will say, there was one spot which I wasn't very happy about, and it was when EC three and oh, I've only written down EC three, so I can't remember who else it was. Um, I th- presume it was Adam Cole because they spent most of the match working together. <laughs> um, and they set up a ladder between the ring and the um, announce table. And Ooh. they set it up and then they threw uh, Killian Dane into it. And Killian Dane obviously went down selling it. Yeah. And my main issue with that is if Killian Dane had hit it with the force that he was going at, the ladder Not would just move. It. Yeah, it wouldn't That's have caused exactly any I'm pain. For, yeah. And that's the only, and I know it's quite a contrived spot, and I know it's one small thing to pick out, but it is—it's irritating.
0: One um, thing that, um, one thing I, I loved, which really normally really irks us with ladder matches, was there was no slow climbs.
1: No, there wasn't actually. They do didn't actually do a lot in
0: that. probably going for it,
1: yeah. It was all about the spots, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of which, we'd got Lars Sullivan doing a freak accident off the <laughs> ring apron, carrying EC3. Onto was, a ladder that had Velveteen Dream on it. Velveteen yeah. Dream took so many stiff bumps, as did EC three.
0: EC three, that one off the um the the turnbuckle with um Killian Dane on
1: Yes, Killian Dane basically EC three is Rigor on a shot, ladder and on the floor, which he conveniently fell on. Um yeah. and Killian Dane had Adam Cole on his back and That's performed what, yeah. a Vader bomb. <laughs> Onto the ladder, which was on top of EC3.
0: I think they had EC3 out at the match for quite a long time. Yes, which is
1: completely understandable. Um, you obviously had your spots between Killian, Dane, and Lars Sullivan. Um, your big monster bits. There was a lovely bit where Lars Sullivan put a ladder over the top of his head, and span then just start, basically span around hitting <laughs> was, people with the was,
0: ladder, which was just absolutely brilliant. He was, he was excellent in this. Like he the bit was. where he, he just picked up the ladders, walked up the steps, and threw them. At the people in that
1: the was it, was it was very reminiscent of Braun Strowman throwing the office chair at Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um, t- he's got big things. He is going to be a monster heel. He there's really is. There's a bit
0: is. where um, was it, they were on the top of the ladder and then they all fell off or they all something and Adam Cole was on, on the top and he realised. He just sort of looked at the camera <laughs> like, as if there's also, sort of, I'm at the top of the ladder. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, Adam Cole had a super kick
1: party and. Um, Love to see Ma- uh, Mauro Ranallo say the word super kick party. The Rayner yeah. party like a super kick party, I believe, were the words he's used. So, <laughs> clearly, trademarks aren't an issue for WWE. Um, but Adam Cole was brilliant, as usual, throughout this match. There was a lovely little portion of the match where him and EC3 worked together, slamming the ladders into Killian Day yeah. and Lars Sullivan. Um, and
0: then he did the sort
1: of um, EC3 baby. He did the <laughs> EC3 baby. And Adam Cole took him out and went, that's my thing. He's Which just was just it was, He's like, what are you doing? it was brilliant. It was brilliant. there's not. Honestly, this match is just fantastic. Um, Ricochet, you know, you've got his usual moonsaults, s- yeah. just you know, shooting star presses. He literally did fly around that ring. And at one brilliant. point there was a lovely part where um Lars Sullivan was in one corner and William Dane was, Day was in the other. <laughs> and they took turns launching. Ricochet across the ring to each other in a horribly morbid game of tennis.
0: It was like, yeah, they were like throwing them around like, like like a beach ball, it was just like bouncing them around the ring,
1: which is just absolutely brilliant. They really did. They accented that, um, every single superstar's positives. Yeah, and
0: that, um, that, that 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 power bomb by uh, EC3 on the ladder.
1: Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. And it just smashed them
0: like just, oh, hell just in half.
1: Yeah. There's. I'll be amazed if there is one of these people that wakes up this morning without severe, severe pain. Oh, yeah. Um, We get towards the end of the match now, and all three ladders are set up. Now, on one ladder, you have got Lars Sullivan and Killian Day. You've got EC3 and Adam Cole, I think, on the other one, in the middle. (laughs) And then on the other side, you've got Velveteen Dream and Ricochet. Now, EC3 hits a neckbreaker from the top of the ladder. Um, you've got... Ricochet, Lars Sullivan, it's... who hits a freak accident on Killian Dane yeah. off the top of the ladder, which is just, you know... And, the, and they just missed the
0: ladder that in the corner as yes, well. Yes, they
1: do. He landed that very, very well, which, of course, yeah. leaves Ricochet on the top of the ladder. Uh, obviously, Adam Cole was taken out with the neckbreaker. Um, Velveteen Dream has gone... Ricochet's on top of the ladder. The crowd goes mental. Adam Cole lifts the ladder up (laughs) to tip Ricochet off it. Ricochet sells it brilliantly. Adam Cole ascends to the top, takes down the championship, and he is your inaugural NXT North American champion. Uh, We both got our prediction. And looking at this card, we both did terribly. Um, But overall, it was definitely the correct decision having Adam Cole win this.
0: Yeah, definitely, and
1: um, obviously, when you consider what happened later in the night, oh god, yeah, we'll get into made that. Sense, we'll get but, into um, that
0: because my favorite person so, is in that match. This was this honestly. I think this is my favorite match of the night. It was just a it was car crash TV. I don't, I don't know if it was, it wasn't the best match. I just think I had so much fun watching it. Yeah,
1: the at one point the crowd burst into a verse of "Fight Forever," and <laughs> <Yeah>. genuinely. <laughs> Genuinely I could if this had been the only event for the three hours that this show was on, I'd have been happy. Oh, because yes, these six men have all got enormous potential. Yeah. And even if Killian Dane never makes it as a singles competitor and he stays with sanity, which I know won't happen, but even that has got such legs to go. These mm-hmm. men just proved in this match that they are, for lack of a better term, the absolute dogs bollocks. And Adam yeah. Cole just looks, he could be on the main roster now. Oh, yeah. And the I mean, entire it makes that, of... it makes
0: that um, North American Championship look so important.
1: Yes, straight it off did. The bat. It did. And it was important as well because NXT, for so long, since its sort of progress from that horrible TV sort of shit that it was before... <laughs> You know, it's always been three titles. It's always been the NXT Championship, the NXT Women's Championship, and the Tag Team Championship. And so many people for so long have wanted that secondary belt in NXT because of this ridiculous influx of talent that they've got. And just to this match served as, you know, almost an exhibition of look what the look what the hell we've got. Yeah. You know, you've got your Adam Cole, your Killian Dane, your Lars Sullivan, your Velveteen Dream, but then you've got the addition of talents like EC three and Ricochet. And look how Christ. many
0: look look how many of them haven't even been there for for a year yet. Yeah, I know. And it's it's sort of what I like about it is as much as <clears throat> as much as people say, oh, like me and Ross will follow that, I actually think some of them will be thinking, like, we've got to beat that, we've got to follow that because they're breathing down our necks. And yeah. Vince is gonna say this. Because Triple H is It's obviously this is Triple H's baby. He's gonna show that to Vince and say, Look at this. Like this is modern wrestling now.
1: And if you think that Triple H is going to be taking over from Vince, when Vince does eventually let go, it is a very, very exciting time to be part of WWE. It really is. I know. I mean,
0: if, obviously when that happens, if Triple H has everything in place that he's got in NXT, just on a bigger scale, that's just going to be amazing. Well, look at what he's
1: done with 205 Live. 205 Live is now the second, well, last week, it was number two in the ratings on the (laughs) WWE Network. And before and it wasn't is, even cracking the top ten.
0: And like and the the fact that Rose number one, I think a lot of that it's just habit. Yeah. People watch it through habit.
1: It's it honestly, absolutely amazing. Um, that match was so good. It was. And to be honest, like I've said, we could talk about that match for so long, we could we could bullet point every spot for you because it yeah. was that good and we've got that many notes. But rather than that, just go and watch it. The network <laughs> subscription's free for this and Mania. Just go and watch it. Treat yourselves, okay? Because it is that good. And some of these spots, you know, there's some that we haven't gone into, but just go and watch them. Go and watch it. Um, I did genuinely feel sorry for whatever match they chose to follow that ladder yeah. match, um, because there's just no way you'd remember it as much. And that unfortunate honour went to the singles match for the NXT Women's Championship between Ember Moon who's your current champion, and Shayna Baszler. But do you know what? I said at the start of the podcast that when I say the worst match on the card, it certainly was not a bad match. And this is definitely, A, the best match I've seen Shayna Baszler have. Yeah. Uh, B, it is the best match I've seen Ember Moon have. That's including her match against Asuka at TakeOver Brooklyn 3, which was, again, an excellent match. (laughs) And B, it was the best match that they've had together. I think it's the yeah. best interchange they've had together. The video package before the match was really good, and Shayna and Baszler they have packaged as an absolute beast. I mean, you said oh, on the lap when we previewed the two shows um, on Friday, um, you said about Shayna Baszler being quite green, and I completely agree. This match completely wiped that for me. I think yeah, she's
0: totally. she's the
1: she's the again the dog's bollocks,
0: and she makes. Ronda Rousey looked like a complete other amateur. She really does. It's going to be and interesting that, to see how Ronda responds. I know, because it's that's, that's how you book a legitimate, badass yeah. MMA fighter.
1: And again, this match was complete... And this was what I think made it so good. And the correct match to follow the ladder match. It was a completely different match oh, yeah, to it the was ladder match. Like it was smash mouth, wasn't it? It's, yeah, and this was all... Technical submission wrestling. The yeah. entire story of this match was Baszler consistently attempting to put Ember Moon in the Curryfield clutch and not being able to. Ember Moon showed that fiery side. You've got that spot where Shayna Baszler has people's arms up and she'll stamp on it, you know, yeah. kayfabe dislocating the shoulder. But Ember Moon managed to reverse that, hit it herself. And then, so that shows your fire in Ember Moon, which is fantastic, which is what she needs. But then you've got Shayna Baszler attempting to pop her shoulder back in yeah. by ramming it into the um, ring
0: post. Her selling was probably next to probably Champa, the best on this card, and some of the best selling I've ever seen for a long time. in WWE. I
1: disagree, and we'll go into that in the next match. All right,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> and I'll I'm tell you why. That, like the whole, like the popping the arm back in, the the fact that it looked like it was basically just like a. Just dead at her side, and yeah, even for the finish when she she had her in the, the choke and she couldn't fully get it in because that arm was so damaged, yeah, she sold so she it. She had to sort of modify it, and it was just even, even when she'd won and she was going up the ramp, she was still sort of holding it. And like, I, I mean, I've got on me notes, I've got um, sort of main roster take note. This is this is storytelling, this is sort of sticking to something that happens like quite early in the match.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And keeping it in your thoughts all the way through.
1: I mean, the thing I loved about this match was that it wasn't a squash, and that was the way no, I thought no. they were going to do with it because they, you know, they spent they've spent so much time building Ember Moon up, but she well, came that, out like an absolute train. Right, Ember Moon did that, that um that power bomb she
0: did where she just picked her up.
1: Yes! Oh my God! What a her. move! Shayna Baszler was locking in a triangle choke, uh, similar to Undertaker's Gate. And Ember Moon literally picked her up and power bombed her as the reversal, and it was Brilliant. it showed the power. She managed to get an eclipse off, but she got it on the outside. And I tell no, you what, good, yeah. that's the only time that the camera work failed during this. Yeah, because you only caught the side of it, didn't you?
0: And they didn't show replay either, did they? No, they didn't, which was very strange. But, but um, just the fact that she didn't tap as well. Yeah, she didn't. It
1: does keep her strong. I think yeah. we will see Ember Moon on the main roster. Yeah. I do late
0: probably, I, in the royal and the battle royal.
1: Yes, yes, definitely. Um, because with the Mae Young Classic and WWE's announcement that there will be a second Mae Young Classic, which is fantastic Ooh. news. The first one was brilliant. Um, I think that they are going to have to start moving some of these NXT women on because you yeah. know you look at the main roster. And they are slightly thin, especially if they are going to introduce these women's tag belts. And Ember Moon would be a perfect, perfect wrestler to take up to the main roster. They just need to work on her character slightly. Um, So again, this story was based around Shayna Baszler attempting to lock in the submission manoeuvre on Ember Moon. Ember Moon constantly managing to get out of it until the very, very last part of the match where Baszler locks it in and Ember Moon fights for what seems (laughs) like days yeah <laughs> which is brilliant because that's what you want you don't want to tap in straight away so she manages to get to the rope but basil rolls her over and eventually she passes out which gives the belt to Shayna. now what i like about this and you said um you alluded to it earlier where you said that basil once she got the belt she was still selling the injury i read yeah. an interview not so long ago actually um with batista And they were talking about whether he'd work with Daniel Bryan again. And he said, well, I don't know. I'm like, why would you say that? And because (laughs) if you watch Mania 30, Daniel Bryan goes through the absolute mill. He really does. And he's strapped up to hell. You know, he's gone through that match with Triple H. He's then got through that (laughs) match with Randy Orton and Batista. He locks in the yes lock, Batista taps, and suddenly the injury's completely gone. And obviously, I understand that it is because of the euphoria of winning the championship. (laughs) <laughs> but Batista was slightly aggrieved at the fact that there was no selling. Yeah, I think that's slightly harsh, if I'm honest. You know, there's this is the culmination of you know almost two years of storyline. Um, but I can see it, and Shayna Baszler selling it does do justice to Ember Moon, which is good, yeah. and it does sort of show us that she is improving character wise,
0: and it shows you that she, regardless of what's happened to win the match. She's still going to go and battle on. Remember when uh, Reigns got that little injury? Was it the rumble? He had to bugger off for half an hour.
1: Oh, God, yeah.
0: And then he come back. It's just like, <sighs> well, that's what they're doing to their top guy. Yeah. And then she's coming in as a relative sort of newcomer to the whole sort of wrestling thing and just selling like a champ. Which is what she needs to do.
1: And mm-hmm. I think she is going to... She's really going to carry that belt well and it is going to be, obviously not to the same extent that Asuka had it, but it is certainly going to be a dominant, dominant reign and it has to be for Shayna,
0: but there's got to be someone that beats her. When she eventually moves up, she's got to sort of go into some sort of alliance with Rousey as well.
1: Oh yeah, can you imagine those two as a tag team? Jesus Christ, that's terrifying. (laughs) Um, But anyway, we move on. Um, And this was just a fantastic match. The Triple Threat Tag Team match for the NXT Tag Team Championships and the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Trophy. So the winner of this match would walk away with belts and the trophy. And this was uh, fought between Adam Cole and Kylo Riley, who are the current champions, uh, Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne. There are two things that I want to point out before we start. One, I love the backstage segment with Adam Cole, who's Basically in yeah. pieces, just saying, I do not know if I'm gonna be able to do this. <laughs> and Kyle O'Reilly's just like, Oh, you got see. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. And then there was a lovely bit where Roderick Strong and Pete Dunn are being interviewed. And this I must admit I saw this on a GIF afterwards. And um Roderick Strong is properly pumped for this match. He goes, Yeah, I'm so pumped. Look, even Pete Dunn's pumped, and it cuts to Pete Dunn's face, and Pete's done Pete Dunn's face just hasn't changed at all. He's got yeah. the same expression on his face. It's That's just like this, it's, it's brilliant. Out, it? Yeah, just that horrible like I've got shit under my nose, but I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> it's oh it's fantastic. Anyway, Adam Cole does eventually come out, um, and he does accompany <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly. But he is taken out almost instantaneously by the yeah. authors of Pain, who power bomb him through a table. Despite <laughs> Adam Cole fighting back the first time, they managed to reverse it again, power bombing through the table, which takes him out of the match. Um Really good because there was no way that Adam Cole can fight in a mad in a ladder no. match like the first one and then compete in another hard hitting match because the authors of pain were built so viciously in oh, this yeah. match.
0: Well, I've got I mean thinking I've got um like like authors of pain I've just got that's how you wear riot gear reins because <laughs> they look they just look so badass. They did. They did. And um. And it was like 100 miles an hour when the match started as well, yeah. um, and they kept up Like all the way.
1: Well, you asked in the preview episode whether it was Tornado Tag, yeah. and at one point, I think it was about it wasn't. seven <laughs> minutes in, it was like, is it
0: Tornado Tag? Because it was just happening at such a ferocious uh-huh. pace I've that there that was down. no way... I've got It took 10 minutes to turn into an actual tag match. It did.
1: It <laughs> did. And this was because, mainly, of the Authors of Pain dominance. And if Pain. they are due to go onto the main roster, and let's face it, there's nothing left for them in NXT. They've got to go to the main yeah. roster. Um, i tell you what, o-
0: O'Reilly was uh, going for it. Bloody hell. Uh, right.
1: Stiff as hell. I will say now that my favourite moment of the entire show, Okay, and bearing in mind what is to come, my favourite moment of this show is Kyle O'Reilly being German suplexed by one of the authors of Pain, standing <laughs> straight back up, putting his <laughs> fists up, and then passing out and collapsing yeah. through the ring ropes. That is the best bit of selling I've ever seen. When you were talking about um, whoever it was um, that you were saying about the best bit of selling, I think it was Baszler. Basil. Um yeah. and I said, no, 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 I disagree. Kyle <laughs> O'Reilly, that bit, and his facial expressions... Are absolutely on it's, point yeah, all of the time.
0: Especially as a uh, shocked and surprised. His look.
1: shock and surprise, his wide-eyed, <laughs> what? It's, like it's a incredible, it's brilliant. I mean, I've I've never really seen a lot of Kyle O'Reilly's stuff. I wasn't following Ring of Honor when he was there. I wasn't following New Japan when he was um, when he was part of the tag teams over there. Yeah. So I didn't know a lot about him. Obviously, we know that he is an MMA, not an MMA striker, but mixed martial arts striker. Yeah. And yes, he was incredibly stiff. The exchange that him and Pete Dunn had was oh, yeah. absolutely brilliant. Absolutely was, um, brilliant.
0: One of the one of favourite spotters, where there was there was sort of like a three way submission going on. Yes. And then one of the authors of pain just picked somebody up and power bombed them into. Was... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, that the is the
1: best brilliant. way of breaking up a submission. Just yeah. I think it was was it Pete Dunn that they power bombed into them. Uh, I was yeah. he yeah. just picked them up and just slammed them into them. which is brilliant but again it really did sort of accent the dominance of these two um, yeah. they hit the last chapter early on on Kyle O'Reilly it was it must have been two or three minutes into the match it was after the yeah. powerbombed um, Adam Cole through the table hit the last chapter on Kyle O'Reilly went for the pin it was broken up by Roderick Strong foreshadowing Um <laughs> but the match sort of carried on it was ferocious, there was so many strikes and um,
0: like, um, there was like, I mean I totally didn't expect it but uh, Roderick Strong did like an Olympic slam on one of the authors of pain.
1: Yeah Roderick Strong looked brilliant
0: throughout this he really yeah. really did he looked and there was like a, there was a horrible stump as well Yes, by Pete Dunne oh. that, that, looked, that looked absolutely brutal on the apron oh Jesus Pete Dunne is a
1: vicious, vicious wrestler. But he's just amazing. He really, really is. Um, They managed to perform the bitter end of heartache on one of the members of the Authors of Pain, which is sort of the amalgamation move of Roderick Strong and the end of heartache and Pete Dunne's the bitter end, which is amazing. Um, Towards the end of the match, then, Pete Dunne manages to land the bitter end on Kyle (laughs) O'Reilly. Goes for the cover, but who breaks it up? Roderick Strong. Yeah. Roderick Strong then gets Pete Dunn up, hits him, bearing in mind that Pete Dunn is his tag team partner, <laughs> hits Pete Dunn with the end of heartache, drags Kyle O'Reilly onto him, covers three count, undisputed era retain, Roderick Strong heel turn. James. Now, yeah. considering that the storyline... Going into war games was that Roderick Strong was not going to join the Undisputed Era. And it's come full circle now so that Roderick Strong is a member. He ripped the Undisputed Era sweatband off Adam Cole, yanked it up his own arm. Yeah, The crowd
0: lost their shit. <laughs> it was brilliant. brilliant. It's one of the best heel turns in a long, long time. It was Obviously not it to the team. It absolutely not. It
1: really did. It really did. And I'd heard a couple of rumours that this was in the pipeline. This was the way that they were going to have the Undisputed Era retained. There was going to be some manner of interference, some manner mm-hmm. of shenanigans. And I got it into my head that Donovan Dijak was going to come in. Um, but to have Roderick Strong do it and join the Undisputed Era yeah. and then have all four of them, because Bobby Fish came down on his crutches, still looking <laughs> like a million bucks, in his suit and his jeans... To have them posing with the trophy and
0: the, the best championships. thing was, it was um, like strong posing with it, and it's like, you lost.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's all very well, but you weren't part of this. Um, but I think it was important that they had another member to the Undisputed Era. Whether it would have happened in this way if Bobby Fish hadn't been injured...
0: Yeah, I don't think we would have seen that. I like that.
1: don't think we'd have seen that either. But... I think it's worked for the best because yeah. now, undisputed era, you know, to be the dominant faction of NXT, they've got to hold all the gold, mm-hmm. and now they are doing because Bobby Fish is out for a year or nine months or whatever the um, the length of the injury is. So you've got Kyler Riley and Roderick Strong defending the NXT Tag Team Championships under the Freebird rule, and yep. you've got Adam Cole as the NXT North American Champion. It just looks, with that trophy as well, they looked fantastic.
0: Yeah. With the um, the belt guitar as well.
1: Kyle O'Reilly is honestly my favourite person on the NXT roster. He really, <laughs> really is. There's a lovely moment, and we haven't talked about it, but it was a couple of weeks ago, and it was when Adam Cole was taunting Roderick Strong. <laughs> and Pete Dunne said, turned round to him and basically said, what are you talking about? You haven't won out since you've been here. And Kyle O'Reilly's wearing these ridiculous sunglasses and you just see him take off these sunglasses with an open mouth and go, how dare you? (laughs) And it's just his facial expressions are absolutely fantastic. And when um, Roderick Strong does turn, Kyle O'Reilly's look of just shock and surprise just (laughs) makes it so much better. He's... There's a career in film for that man. There really, really is. Yeah, he's like a character, isn't he? He is. He really, really is. Um, This led on to the fourth match, which would ultimately obviously be the semi main event, which everyone assumed would be Gargano Champa. No, no, no. It was the Mm -hmm. NXT Championship match between Alistair Black and Andrade Cian Almas, the current champion, who was obviously accompanied as ever by Zelina Vega. Now, I text you at this point and said, holy shit, gargano Champa is the main event. Yeah. You know, and to give it that sort of leverage on a card really does show how much faith they've got in those two. And oh, yeah, it definitely. was obviously well-placed, but we'll it was well, placed, but well talk about that in a moment. But this match, Alistair Black versus Andrade Cianomas, I want to talk to you about something, actually, because you texted me saying... Um, I hope almost wins this. I'm just, I just don't get <laughs> Alistair Black. Talk me through, mate. Yeah. What don't you get? I
0: don't know. I, like since since he's debuted, I just, I, I don't get his character. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just that style. I just it just doesn't do it for me at all. Okay. I mean, I know he's not Bill as, but he's to me he's not a wrestler. He's a striker. He's a bo- like a brawler. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I just. I don't know what it is. I honestly don't. I mean, like I've I've got down on I mean, my notes here. Like he, he he was like brilliant in that match. He was. And he was brilliant in the the other matches I've seen. But I just there's something. I don't know if it's there's some things he does in the matches, and I think why are you doing that? Like, <clears throat> from a from a story point of view, it's like it just doesn't. He does stuff, and he ends up getting hurt.
1: Are you talking about his second rope springbo- springboard moonsault? stuff like that yeah when Adam um, Cole slapped him in the back or slapped him in the midsection that, he with it, that chair he
0: did it he did it again this time where he completely missed it yeah yeah um, I know what you mean not not just that but I don't know like um I don't know every time I've seen him I've I've I have i have not been disappointed if you know what I mean but I just don't get and I, I put this in there I put this in the chat that was in it at the time I says Am I the only human on the planet who doesn't get this? I must have got about 15 replacing. Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes.
1: Unfortunately, I mate, one, I am with I them. One, I'm completely one said, behind Alistair Black.
0: I, I got one guy who said, I get Alistair Black, but I prefer Almus. I was like, I'll take it.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is that's totally behind me. Yeah, I got it. Um I mean the transformation of Almus is just unbelievable. Um from person who was almost leaving to champion oh God, putting he... on, possibly it was so bad
0: when he started with that
1: that stupid, stupid party. Yeah, <laughs> with his stupid hat on. Um, yeah. Honestly, I think this match could be five stars. I thought this match was absolutely insane. I don't think That's it was really to the mean, same level as Gargano and Almas, but it was damn close. No, it that was, was close, damn yeah. close, and to have two matches of that extent, back-to-back, on back-to-back pay-per-views, okay, you are a hot commodity. And obviously with the result, I think we'll see him on the main roster. Definitely. And I think, I hopefully think because of his fingers crossed with Zelina Vega. Oh
0: yeah, hopefully. Because so. she was brilliant as well in this match. She was a big, she's big been, part of this match. She's been brilliant in
1: every match. She has. And she has refocused Armus. And obviously you've got this section of Fans that will say, well, Almas, you know, he's got, you know, the language barrier that'll impact mm-hmm. his mic work. But when he's got Selena Vega, he doesn't need that. And when think... he got in the video package, there was a segment where Selena Vega was being interviewed in yeah. the training facility, and Almas lost it. He got yeah. so annoyed at the lack of respect and he just spat in Spanish, and it was incredible.
0: That's, that that, to- I think that totally. Lends itself to better promos, yeah. It does absolutely.
1: I agree 100%. Because you've got the ferocity in it, you've got the emotion in it, and obviously, then you cut to him beating the living hell out of Alistair Black, (laughs) and you really bought into the fact that he is a champion. Mm -hmm. Um, just absolutely fantastic. This match was fantastic. I'm gonna gush about it loads. Uh, Zelina Vega was a huge (laughs) part of it, literally. Very, very, very early on, the ref was distracted. and Vega hit a Hurricane Rana off the ring apron into the yeah. steps on black. That was literally what 30 seconds in. It was ridiculous. It was actually, um, yeah. and then obviously, there was a very, very near fall.
0: Um, there was that um, arm bar over the ropes twice, twice, yeah, move. yeah.
1: It's very, it reminded me of Minoru Suzuki, yeah, sort of draped over and. To a lesser extent, Carmella. Um, <laughs> there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is why you tune into Podmania to hear wonderful, <laughs> wonderful comparisons between Carmella and Minoru Suzuki. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that's for you. Um, but yeah, the draping holds over the ropes looked legitimately painful. Yeah. Um, black was on the black mass early on as well on Almas, yeah. but Vega placed Almas's foot on the bottom rope again, getting powerful. herself involved, which is fantastic. Um, the double knee smash, oh my God, that move. Um, I hate that move because it's so horrible. (laughs) It looks, so obviously, he just opens his legs so that, you know, but it just looks and the pace that Almus goes at, because he doesn't all back, you know, and he goes, he does one on black in the ring and misses it and then there's one where similar to the spot um, against Gargano at TakeOver Philadelphia, um, he's got black propped up against the ring post on the, on the outside, outside yeah. and Almas then goes for him and hits him with the double knees and Black sells it amazingly yeah. just wide I'll, glassy I'll, I'll, eyes I'll, I'll, sort of twitching a little bit it was brilliant
0: I've got that I mean you not know, this is probably the best of the, the matches I've seen Black I think this is his best match yeah like, I agree speci- especially on the selling side his selling was like excellent in this match
1: yeah and just the pair seem to have great chemistry and I know they fought before but they just have fantastic, fantastic chemistry. This led to an elevated hammerlock DDT, but Black countered it. Um, Eventually, Almas does manage to get the hammerlock DDT on Black. Um, Vega, uh, sorry, not Vega, Black kicks out at two, which shocked everyone. There were so many near falls at the end of this match. It just built, and it built, and it built, and it built.
0: There was was a really, like, really, like, class little sequence with Blackway was doing the kicks and then he just did a sweep and Almas yes. sold it. Yeah, absolutely. He, he just ate the mat and it was just like, like when I was watching it, I was like, I said like, oh, well, I was like, holy shit. Like you yeah. look like his face smashing at the floor.
1: But then we got Almas doing stuff that we'd never seen him do before. He did a corkscrew plancher.
0: Okay, yeah, I've got that one. Which, which was just insane. I
1: mean, this was amazing. I mean, honestly, this man, please, please, please have him just as a main event player, because he needs to be. And he did his
0: um, double moonsault as well,
1: didn't he? He did, which is amazing. He went for the salt Black move, so he landed on his feet and did a standing one. But he didn't He didn't get all of that, did he? I think he overshot no, it. And then Black went the, for a um, plancher over the top, massively over <laughs> overestimated that, just yeah. caught oh, the top uh, of Almus. Well, well, he sort of did
0: a flip and land on his feet. He did. Um. And then obviously we got to the um the the, the thing where um uh, almost went for the back elbow and it got blocked and then he just kicked straight away. It was like that all that sort of stuff was really, really good. You could tell it it worked on it. Yeah,
1: there was a lot of, sort of... a lot of quick paced action, wasn't there? Yeah, a lot like, of quick paced strikes. Moves. It was so harken back to me. The best match Well, the best match that Blacks had before this was probably the um Adam Cole match but that Mm. was just because similar to the ladder match it was Car Crash TV the best outright wrestling match he's had was probably with Hideo Itami at TakeOver Chicago and that was because it was two pure strikers and they worked well together and it it hearkened to this I thought because you know like you say just blocks were instantly turned into something else there was no missing momentum there was no wasted momentum and it just it Mm. really did Work into this match.
0: There was um, and then they had the bit the spot. I mean, it's the second time they've done this sort of thing where um, Almas sort of pretended that he thought the match was over yes, after like a two count
1: to distract the referee. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Vega hit another Hurricane Rana. It was like on. a spike Hurricane It was again. Black sold it so well. Yeah, uh, it will be interesting to see if Vega wrestles. Can she do any other moves? You know, because all I've seen her do is Hurricane Ranas. Yeah, I'm not Hurricane saying Ronas. they are the easiest moves at all. No. I couldn't do it. But even so, I'd like to see but if then she's got had, a
0: good there's what, there's, there was the worst point of this whole match thing was that stupid double stomp move. Like it the, was oh, very, very contrived. Move. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's such a because the setup is I'm gonna i I'm gonna hold myself up so you can kick us.
1: It was. It's very similar to Alberto Del Rio's
0: finisher, yeah, I mean, which I just, hated. I hate that move. But, yeah. I mean, see why they did it, and you, the, the sort of argument would be, if Black didn't hold himself up there, his head would have been sort of draped off like the sort of side of the ring. Yeah,
1: yeah, but it, it uh,
0: worked. It worked in the context of the match, and it worked. The fact that they were just trying to do everything they could to <laughs> sort of put you to the
1: Exactly. Um. Eventually. Um. Black is overpowering Almas. Um, as Black is running towards the ring post, Vega goes for a flying crossbody. She misses Black. Almas catches her. Black then hits Almas with a black mass, pins him to win the title. Ultimately, Selena Vega has cost Andrade and mm. Almas the NXT
0: Championship. That's what scares us.
1: Yes, I agree. Well, because, yes, it's certainly not what we... Thought would happen. I we both did predict that Alistair Black would take the championship, but we didn't think it would be because of Selena Vega's interference. Yeah. I certainly hope that this doesn't affect Almas when he goes to the main roster because Almas with Vega eclipses Almas without Vega. Yeah, okay. Definitely. And I, if given the choice, I would much have rather have Sharp suit wearing Almas, who is a clinical bastard of a heel as opposed to party boy wearing shit dungarees and a hat. <laughs> so, you know, fingers crossed, WWE aren't gonna fuck it. Basically. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully fingers crossed. Um so we move on to the main event of the evening, and this, which I am extremely happy about, was the unsanctioned match between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso. Champer, the video package. Before we talk about anything else, the video package was amazing. How they looked back over those twelve years of those two yeah. being friends, even to the point where they showed wedding photos of Johnny Gargano <laughs> and Candice Lerae with Champer as the best man.
0: Looking beautiful, looking like like he was sort of conniving back then. <laughs> yeah,
1: and to be honest, his character. His character work with this heel gimmick has been fantastic. And, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, I'm gutted he lost.
0: It yeah. worked
1: It worked for the pop, you know, Gargano's back, he's reinstated in NXT, but wouldn't it have been such a better storyline if Champa had beaten him? I yeah. just, I really do think it won, and I do think that the WWE has missed out there, but this match was absolutely
0: incredible. Amazing, and because and I, I mentioned it before when we we're talking, because it it's unsanctioned, the network didn't have it down as part of the running time. They didn't. So it it ran an extra sort of thirty five minutes. It did indeed. But um. Five past four, was, people. Yeah, I just thought that was so so good and so clever and so detailed yeah. to say, right, it's unsanctioned, so it's not part of the actual show. Absolutely, it was brilliant. And it just, yeah, and I think that that's definitely that's definitely Triple H.
1: Yeah, it is, and all these little things that Triple H is doing and bringing into the NXT sort psychology, of psychology. Yeah, yeah, the NXT ethos is just absolutely amazing. Even to the fact where Champa came out, no music. It was literally that his was name on the Titantron. He stood there listening to the unbelievable volley of boos he was
0: yeah. getting from the New Orleans crowd. I've got it d- written down. I've got a uh, champ in you, no music, brilliant. Um, drink in the hate.
1: <laughs> he did. He literally stood there with his arms open, just wishing more hate on himself. Yeah. You know, the <laughs> crowd throughout this match have got "You're a wanker" as a chant. Yeah. "Fuck off, champer yeah, as off. a chant. And then you have got the dueling Johnny Gargano "Fuck off, champer chants. Yeah. You know, there it was, was not one the- person behind champer, and that's yeah, the way a heel should work. Not all heels are cool. <laughs> Boo them all. <laughs> yeah, you should boo heels and this. And I feel like it's lost in today's WWE. You have got a very, very clear heel versus a very, very clear face. And we don't yeah. have that anymore because to get yourself over, you've got to be cool. You've got to be funny. The Ooh. art of being a full-on bastard heel. Okay, look at Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne <laughs> is a bastard heel, but people love yeah. him. So he gets so, cheered. Um,
0: Velvetine Dream's starting to... To do it as well. Um, I don't know if you've seen some of the, the his interviews and stuff before NXT. He's hundred percent in character. Yeah. And and he's just so. Oh. <laughs> That's is that, is that some of the questions it's like. Oh.
1: But then again, <laughs> he'll have his matches, and there were so many velveteen chants during that yeah. first match. You know, but here, no one no. person was behind Champa. It was absolutely brilliant, even from the first belt. There was no striking to start off with. They just stared at each other. Yeah. And just so the good. building and the building and the building. If anything, okay, if you're gonna chant, "This is awesome" before a match, that was the time to do it. Yeah. You know, just the that, pop, just the, bubbling ferocity. Yeah.
0: The the pop for uh, Johnny Gargano was unbelievable yeah. as well.
1: He's going to be massive. He's the next Daniel Bryan with that it's shadow down. It's a
0: sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah.
1: I hope not, because I I want him to be like you know. Well received as opposed to Sami Zayn, <laughs> that's just like you know, pretty much ignored when,
0: when Sami Zayn was in NXT. That, that was the type of reaction he used to get.
1: yeah Sami Zayn Massive was the biggest pop. thing
0: in NXT, wasn't he? Yeah. It? it was
1: fantastic. Um, but again, ladies and gentlemen, I would love to go through you know, this is what happened, then this is what happened, then this is what happened, but there's no point, we can't do this match justice. By no. so, what we're gonna we're just gonna talk about some of our favourite spots, and if we miss some, we miss some. But this was thirty-seven minutes and six seconds. See, noted it down. <laughs> thirty-seven minutes and six seconds of absolute, just class wrestling.
0: Just class wrestling, class storytelling. Yeah, class psychology, and just, just, you could tell it was two people who knew everything about each other. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I, there was a, maybe two times where I, I, I saw right that that was a spot called. Other than that, it was just they must have been feeling each other out. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. It was, just, um, it was clinical. It was just so well done.
1: Yeah. And you know, the knee injury of God of uh, was used throughout as a storyline point. Yeah. The fact that Champa went out, stole crutches from a man who needed <laughs> crutches to use in the match. Which, Obviously
0: a plant, but I mean, it, yeah, it, amazing. it just seemed a bit seemed a bit too easy because then the guard just like, right, on your way. Yeah, go on, mate. <laughs>
1: But I'm limping. Fuck off. Go on. <laughs> you know, the uh, the crutch should being used, Kinda my <laughs> And you know, obviously the crutch has been a huge thing between Champa and Gargano with the attack after taking Philadelphia. I
0: think I think from now on he should always have a crutch. It should be like a sledgehammer. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. He should carry it everywhere with him. Yeah. Um. Clean. You know that was used repeatedly. Some absolutely savage blows were exchanged that, here. That blow to the head. Oh my from god. Outside. Yes.
0: Where uh, expecting... Gargano
1: hits Champa. Yeah. Oh my god. I was expecting god. to
0: see his head split over.
1: To be honest, I'm amazed Champa walked out of this arena because he took so many yeah. stiff bumps from Gargano. You know, his just I was spe- all sort of swollen yeah. and everything. Just and he's got a really veiny head. <laughs> like, I know that's not something that I should have noted down, but I've literally got why is Champa's head so veiny, it looks like a brain. It's
0: because his um because <laughs> he was Like, so pumped. Yeah, that must be what it
1: is. He's just so jacked. Um, He was also very, very, very tanned. So, you know, there you go. It just made him
0: look more evil. Yeah,
1: I loved... What was his his nickname? The Sicilian Psycho. What a nickname. What a nickname that is. And what a fantastic encapsulation of the character.
0: It was the fact that, like, pretty much straight off the bat, they just took it over the rail. Yeah. Absolutely. The rail and then he did those... Um, he, had him, he, had, um, he had Gargano over the reel and those sort of beats to the back. Yeah. He was smashing the shit out of him.
1: What I liked about this match was... Um, now, was it Extreme Rules? They had a kendo stick match on a pole between Bailey and Alexa Bliss. Now, well, Bailey was obviously a babyface at the time and she picked up a kendo stick and couldn't use it because she was, yeah. and I quote, too babyface. So... And then Alexa Bliss lit, beat the living shit out of her. <laughs> now, what I was worried would happen in this match was that Gorgono would not be able to hit his best friend. Yeah. Um that that was quickly, that was quickly put yeah. to bed because Gorgono Especially... beat the living shit out of him.
0: Yeah. When he chucked him over the announce table. <laughs> yeah, and he
1: hit <laughs> Yeah, at one point, and this is leading to my first spot actually, Gorgono launches Champer into the announce table, and Champa goes flying. Kicks Percy Watson's headphones off, which was brilliant, <laughs> who then stands there stunned, um, yeah. to which the crowd started another chant of Mamma Mia, which was fantastic. <laughs> um, you did your job, New Orleans, in this match. You were yeah. fantastic. Um, the, this led to champer suplexing Gar- Gargano off, oh, off was... the... Um, of the announce table, which sounded horrendous. Yeah. Before this, Gargano had ripped up the matting so that it was exposed concrete. At one point, they're both in the ring. Gargano, um, Champa attempts to suplex, um, Gargano, over the ropes and onto the exposed concrete. Yeah. Gargano reverses. Sunset flip, power bomb, attempts to power bomb him, can't. Gargano's got hold of the ropes. Does eventually and slaps.
0: The sm- uh, that off. smack was. Champa hits that the was...
1: concrete, the slap Fucking made me yeah. wince. Yeah.
0: It the was it was the uh, the crowd shot you deserve it.
1: Yes, that was brilliant. <laughs> and then Mara Ronello chiming in going, Yes, it's it's difficult to disagree with the New Orleans scorpions <laughs> He does deserve this, which is yeah.
0: brilliant. Um I'll tell you what, i tell you what, um Nigel McGinnis was absolutely class all night. All night. He Calling was on
1: point all night.
0: There was a Given... Yeah, go cool. on.
1: Now you carry on. I've, Just I've say, got a
0: really like, bad point to make. He was, he was like sort of given reasons why the they didn't hit them properly, or maybe he says, or oh, maybe maybe the um, there was one point where he, I can't remember who it might have been, Ricochet, and Ricochet got sort of caught out doing a move, and he he says, oh, it might have been a bounce back from the ring. <laughs> <laughs> he says because those rings move quite a bit when there's more than like a few people in there, and I was like, oh, that, Like you'd never hear that normally. No.
1: Something I've always heard about Maro Ranello, and this is sort of going off your point of Nigel McGuinness's commentary being fantastic. He does make some very, very strange references, and I think it <laughs> oh, was yeah. in the ladder match where he compared the ladder match to the new Marvel Infinity War. <laughs> Did. And he that, said, yeah. but instead of Infinity Stones, they're fighting over a belt. I was like, "Marrow, just stop. What the fuck is this? What are you it's trying to do some,
0: here? It's probably some sort of plug they've got to get in. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> and I know they've got to do crossover with pop culture, but Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ.
0: The comedy um, was brilliant, though. And they, they kept um, Percy Watton down to an absolute minimum. Which is important, because he is quite green
1: as a comic. Yeah. He's definitely got better. Definitely. And he's definitely better than Byron Saxton, yeah. who... Hopefully, tonight will be, you know, kept at minimum. Um, <laughs> though he will wear an absolutely blinded suit, which he always does. Yeah. He's got very good style as Byron. Um, but we've got, um, obviously, then Gargano takes off a turnbuckle pad, attempts to launch Gargano, uh, sorry, Champa into it. Can't. It. Um, that. that was, that's later on because Gargano then lawn darts Champer into it, so that was. I lovely. loved it when
0: um when he took the when he took it off, and you heard the crowd go ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. it's not something you see much nowadays. It's not. You used to see it. You should see it all the time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, there was then. Uh, they were both up on the top turnbuckle, um, and sort of moves were exchanged. Champa then managed to hit a huge second rope, Project champer, so powerbomb, into a backstabber, which looked so, so painful. He'd, he'd performed the Project champer earlier on in the match, and um, Gargano had kicked out. But you could sort of see him land on the shins as opposed to the knees, so yeah. still painful, not as painful. This one, it looked like Gargano took the entire of the bump in the yeah. small of his back, the knees of Champa hit him in the small of the back.
0: Champa sold the knee as well. Like he did, Indian which knee, made it you? so
1: much better. And that couple of seconds not being able to pin Gargano, it was sold that that was the reason he was able to kick out.
0: Tr- uh, champa's selling all, all throughout. Obviously, when he was sort of on the had, when he had the upper hand, he was still sort of selling. He was slow to take him, like pick him up off the mat, and he was he kept sort of winting all the time. And that that totally sold that the fact that. Brutalized each other for this yeah. sort of 40 minutes or whatever.
1: And it is important to know that these two did completely brutalize each other. There was one yeah. moment just before Gargano hit his slingshot DDT um, when Champer elbowed uh, Gargano oh,
0: yeah.
1: off the apron. And Gargano had got the crutch and he smashed Champer in the back of the head with it. And I'm yeah. sure, you know, it should have hit him in the back or even on the shoulder. But it caught him flush on the back of the head, and the sound yep. of it was absolutely incredible. There was a lovely heat moment where Champa, um, Gargano was kneeling in the middle of the ring, and Champa called for the DIY finisher by putting his <laughs> hands up and then yep. need Gargano, which was fantastic. Got a near fall. Then Gargano did the exact same. He hit two super kicks to the kneeling Champa, which That's were amazing. Class. And then we got this lovely bit where um, Gargano. Attempted to, well, he snapped the crutch and went to go and hit a very, very dazed Gargano, um Champa with it. Champa was kneeling in the middle of the ring, and there was a lovely harken back to when the two were part of the cruiserweight classic, and Champa couldn't finish Gargano. Yeah, and I was like, "Don't be so stupid!" And it genuinely had me saying at the television, "Don't be stupid, Johnny.
0: I d- Don't I be stupid." Exactly thing.
1: Um, but obviously, at this point, Gargano, um Champa had taken off his knee brace. Champa was
0: look, looking at him like all oh, sort of do ya. Yeah,
1: looking at him like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, Gargano sat next to him. As soon as Gargano sat down, Champer swung at him with the knee brace. Gargano ducked, locked him in the Gargano escape, which was amazing. amazing. Yeah. Um, Champa managed to roll sort of out of it. Um, and then, the most brutal looking STF, Gargano. Yeah. Transitioned into an STF using the knee brace to ramp right in like the jaw of Champa. It was very similar to when Rusev had got the accolade locked in on Roman Reigns with the chain in the mouth. But he was using the knee brace to proper get torque on it. To the point where basically um, Champa was standing up. Just Um, tapped straight away, didn't he? He he? tapped straight away. Gargano won. Uh, Candice LeRae came down. He was reinstated in NXT. No... Post match beatdown, that was the end. Cool. And that was NXT Takeover New Orleans. What a show! Amazing show.
0: Like, what a fantastic show. Easily the best Takeover show. Yeah, so far. absolutely. I thought it would take and... a lot
1: to top because for me, the takeovers have got better and better and better and better. Yeah. And honestly, the one they do after this one, good luck. Good luck because this was fantastic. I thought it'd take a lot to top War Games. I thought it'd take a lot to top NXT Takeover Philly, but this
0: one, Jesus! This is one that, like, definitely one of the best pay per views. Like
1: main roster concluded. Absolutely, not,
0: not not ever, but easily one of the best pay per views of anywhere in the last ten years. Like, yeah, from from top to bottom, every match was a stellar match. There was no could toilet great headlined- match.
1: And I said no. this in the preview one. There was no toilet break match. There was no match you thought, this is going on a bit
0: long, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the first match, the ladder match, when it finished, and I sort of checked the time, 40 minutes, and it felt like 10. Because it was so good. It was so... You were kept invested all the way through every match. Yeah, you
1: were. It was, honestly, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen it, and I understand you're not going to watch it tonight. There's something bigger on. But <laughs> take time to watch them, and usually I would tell you what matches to watch, but honestly,
0: Just watch them all. Watch
1: them all. Watch them all, because they're all incredible. Even the Shayna Baszler and Ember Moon one, which we haven't gushed as much on, was still a fantastic match. I would be absolutely amazed if at least one of these matches didn't get five stars from Meltzer. Yeah. Because Alistair Black and Almas deserves it, and Gargano and Champa deserves it. Because... Honestly, the Johnny Gargano and Tomasa Champa match was better than the Omega and Jericho match from Wrestle Kingdom yeah. twelve, in my Definitely. opinion, and that got five
0: stars. So uh, I would, I'd love to, I'd love to have seen backstage after the event. Yeah, absolutely. See what like Triple H and everyone else's like reactions were to that back uh, Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I'd love to. I'm so, you know, look the worst terminology ever but I'm buzzing off my tits for Mania tonight because <laughs> they have got to follow this there's yeah. no way, you know, with it being Mania in the first place, there's no way that they are going to be able to sort of pass it off and, you know, phone it in you know, yeah. there's so much pressure on AJ Styles and Nakamura to reproduce their Wrestle Kingdom 10 match hopefully they will and they've got to because Alistair yeah. Black and Almas produced this absolute banger of NXT, saw, NXT yeah. Championship match.
0: And the like this, it's it is. It's like they're breathing down their necks now. Yeah, exactly. And it's there's no way on earth that most of that roster weren't watching that match last night. No way at all. But the no whole, way at the all. The whole thing. So because there you it go. It was just brilliant. It brilliant. was
1: honestly a fantastic match, a fantastic night, fantastic pay per view. Please go and watch it. I mean, you've already texted me what you thought out of five. You've given it four and a half stars, haven't you? Yeah. I'm. Yeah. You know, if we did three quarter stars, I'd give it four and three quarters. But I don't know. <sighs> I mean, I've only ever given one five-star review for a pay-per-view, and that was uh, WrestleMania Seventeen. <laughs> was this as good as WrestleMania Seventeen? I mean, That's let's give it close. four and a half. Let's not go into that. Four and a half stars, I think, is absolutely helpful. <laughs> I think Alistair Black and Andrade Cien Almas deserves five stars. I think Gargano and Champa deserves five stars. I don't think the ladder match will do, but you know that deserves at least four and three quarters. Yeah. If I'm being perfectly just, honest. Yeah, like I say. You know, just top top to bomb was just
0: fantastic card. Fantastic every card. Every person in that did everything they could of and yeah. probably more.
1: Absolutely. It's it everyone expected it to be a fantastic night. Nobody expected it to be that
0: good. Especially considering you had two two debut matches. Yeah. Um and you had like some people who you would you would never ever have classed them as ladder match participants
1: no absolutely killian Dean
0: and lars sullivan
1: Absolutely and then you not.
0: had yeah and then and then you had like you say like this this unsanctioned match which is built for so long and there was i mean i'll admit there was a little bit of sort of apprehension and is thinking can't they live up to it but they did the like <gasps> they absolutely blew the roof off they did it
1: was brilliant it was brilliant ladies and gentlemen please go and watch it now we were slightly remiss at the end of our preview episode because we didn't talk about John Cena and The Undertaker, despite the fact that I'd said we were going to talk about John Cena and The Undertaker. My genuine reasoning is it's because the podcast had gone an hour and 45 minutes, and I thought, we probably need to cut it now. So we sort of rushed the ending. So very, very quickly, uh, Garth, because I'm aware that lots of people, me and you included, will be wanting to go and get ready for the WrestleMania pre-show, which starts yeah. in just under an hour. At the time of recording. Um, so, first of all, is The Undertaker going to turn up?
0: Yes. Okay. What gimmick is he going to turn up as? I think it's going to be some sort of version of the the biker, sort of um, dead man walking, sort of American badass.
1: Okay. Se- third and final thing. No, actually third <laughs> out of four. Are we going to hear Kid Rock or are we going to hear Limp Biscuit?
0: I think it's got to be Kid Rock. He's he's in the Hall of Fame now, isn't he? So for
1: some reason, yes. yes. And finally, who goes over?
0: Tiger. It's got to be, has not it? It's got to be it? because he's lost that last Mania, and that I hope, I hope that character doesn't come back. He's retired. He's done. He's, he they went through that whole sort of ceremony at the end. Don't. Do the Ric Flair thing?
1: No, don't keep bringing it back. It and the yeah. Mick Foley thing, as
0: mm-hmm. well. So it does I dilute think, it. If he comes back as that, I'm more than happy to see it, as long as he can perform. Because it's funny. I watched him um, the WWE 24. Yes, from last Mania, and it's got him talking, and he just does not look good.
1: No, he didn't look good at Raw 25 though, did he? When he did he that couldn't promo. Walk.
0: No. And I mean, well at Raw twenty five he had his coat buttoned up and it looked like he had a, like a punch, <laughs> a big like bit of a belly and you just think, like don't, a don't what? be that man. A punch, a punch. What the hell know, is like that? Belly, like you know, like a punch, <laughs> like a little belly, like, a, like a, I'm what's so call using them? that. Like, um, so using that word. That's an called? amazing uh, word. But what's yeah, it I called? agree. He's... Didn't look good. Yeah, it's just. I hope it's not just dragging him out every year, just like as a freak show attraction.
1: No, I I also hope not because he deserves more than that. He deserves especially, a lot more
0: than that, especially when you can call him out in the way Cena has when he's bitching, moaned,
1: yeah, like a, like a whiny kid. For then, for Cena then to win, it would be <laughs> no, yeah, no, absolutely not.
0: So I mean, I'm I'm actually really looking forward to that just to see who could like what what he comes out as and he's got to back up God, being so quiet say again sorry there's got to be a reason
1: yeah he's got, absolutely he's got to
0: back up not, like not re- not responding or anything there's got to be a reason so hopefully there's a bit of story in there as well fingers crossed
1: But, ladies and gentlemen, that is our NXT TakeOver New Orleans review. Watch out on Monday as our WrestleMania 34 review will drop. What a start to the weekend. Hopefully, WrestleMania can live up to it. Ladies and gentlemen, you can follow the podcast, download the podcast, and subscribe to us on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Audioboom, Anchor, Podbeam, Pippa, and, of course, the iTunes podcast app. You can follow me, on Twitter at at Real Real Rob Goodwin, I should say. Garth, where can they follow you? (laughs) Uh, At Drummer Jackson. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Enjoy your Wrestlemania weekend, and we shall talk to you guys again soon. Enjoy, guys. See you later.